We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack-A-Day Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. You can get all your Pack-A-Day updates by following us on Twitter at Pack-A-Day Podcast. And remember to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, or Spotify. And of course, you can always check us out at CheeseheadTV.com. I'm Kyle Fellows, and I'm joined by both my co-hosts this week, Andrew Mertzig and Maggie Loney. We're back for another Friday edition of the podcast. How you guys doing? Good. It's it's kind of a fun, weird time of year, right? Like, there's this extended period between the third preseason game and the start of the regular season, and we're sort of just sitting here waiting for the season to start, but things just keep happening, like, every single day, seemingly, like, multiple times a day. TJ Hawkinson gets the absolute bag and the Vikings yeah. <laughs> are going to pretend like he is Travis Kelsey, even though he is not a top five tight end in the league. And then Aaron Rodgers is waxing poetic about New York and the Jets and uh, seemingly forgetting that all of us made his life so worthwhile over the last 15 years. So I don't know. Weird stuff. How are you doing, Maggie? I don't even know any of that Rogers stuff. I'll have to find it after we record this because once again, I'm following Andrew and I have no idea what's <laughs> out of his mouth. I was just going to say, I'm so glad that Maggie's penciled into the script right there after Andrew because I never have maybe, to respond. Maybe we should switch that around. Maybe. I will, say, <laughs> I will say, confession, I have watched absolutely zero minutes of hard knocks. So I know nothing. I think I'm just trying to save myself the pain of like not knowing whether to be like happy for Aaron Rodgers or like disgusted by all the Jets, you know, talk that Andrew's talking about because it is kind of nauseating. But um, yeah, I'm glad we made it through that Andrew section because I didn't know where you're going there. <laughs> and I own a lot of Hawkinson shares in fantasy. So I'm, uh, I'm okay with with him getting the bag there and Minnesota overpaying as well. So it's, it's all good. Are we ready to jump into the show today? You guys? Yes, please. Okay. <laughs> uh, so the show today is, it's kind of a fun one for us as hosts. We hope it's fun for you as the listener uh, as well. The 53 man roster is just about set. It is set. And we're about ready to embark on the Jordan love era, the Jordan love experience of green Bay Packer football. But 
Today is all about predictions. We're going to talk about our statistic statistical predictions for this upcoming 2023 season. We're also going to talk about past predictions as well. Uh, we'll work our way through the predictions for this year. We're going to also talk about what we said last year, specifically the dumb stuff that we said last year around this time. Uh, obviously, last season was a little bit of a dumpster fire, right? So not everything went as planned. Things kind of went off the rails. But it's really fun to see what the expectations were when we did this exercise last year. So we've got some things to discuss today, some things to debate. So I'm going to prompt us with some questions and even some betting lines from Vegas. And then we'll just kind of see where things go and make some of these predictions. So you guys ready to jump in here? Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you guys are really enthusiastic. I mean, I'm trying to think of dumb sure. things that I said because that feels like that wouldn't happen. So <laughs> Okay. Um, so let's just go. We're, uh, we're going to start with quarterback, of course. And last year, our question was, does Aaron Rodgers throw for under or over 32 touchdowns? And all three of us said Rodgers would pass for greater than 32 touchdowns in 2022. We were on the same page as a Brian Gutekunst that thought there was no reason that this Packers team shouldn't have been better than they were in 2022. Of course, Aaron Rodgers in 22 only threw 26 touchdowns. So not the year we were hoping for. I'm sure not the year that Aaron Rodgers was hoping for. But now we're turning the page and we're talking about Jordan Love. So we have the Jordan Love betting lines it's interesting here um the under over for yardage is 33.50 and touchdowns is set at 21 and a half for passing touchdowns specifically not including those 10 rushing touchdowns he's going to run for so um here's let's let's hear what uh what do you think andrew what's going to happen here with jordan love yeah, I think with Love, there's a little bit of a balance between the Packers' defense should be good enough to keep them in most games, so maybe they don't have to throw a ton. And then also, teams are going to force the Packers to prove that they can throw, and they're going to load the box. So, yeah, I, I think in predicting this, you have to find a happy medium between the two. I do think they are very manageable figures. I think 3,300 yards in a 17-game season, not super insurmountable uh and that touchdown figure is pretty low at 21 and a half so i'm pretty optimistic jordan love exceeds both of those numbers yeah i think that's absolutely more than doable for jordan here that's 197 passing yards per game and like andrew said in 17 weeks and 1.3 touchdowns per game so Brock Purdy came in and threw 13 touchdowns in nine games last season. So with the weapons that Jordan Love has around him on offense, guys like Aaron Jones are going to get involved in the passing game. Um, and the chemistry that he's got, you know, with guys like Romeo Dobbs already, Christian Watson, I think that, yeah, he definitely exceeds those numbers. All right. So I'm not like the biggest Vegas buff. Like I'm not throwing a bunch of money at all these betting lines, but I do find it all really interesting. I did notice that like in June, these were the same betting lines we had in June that we have currently for Jordan Love. So it's interesting that they really haven't adjusted these a lot based on his preseason performance, which I feel like in June, it would be kind of like blind, you know, going in blind, trying to make these predictions. But based on what we've seen in the preseason, you would think that those lines would have gone up a little bit. So it'll be interesting to see 
what happens in the weeks ahead as he begins to perform in the regular season. But uh, running back is our next conversation here. Last year, the debate was who scores more touchdowns between A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. We all said that A.J. Dillon would have more rushing touchdowns, but that Jones would have more total touchdowns and yards if we included those receiving scores as well. Aaron Jones only had two two rushing touchdowns in 2022, but he did also have five uh, receiving touchdowns as well. So seven total. Aaron, uh, Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon didn't have a single receiving touchdown, but had seven on the ground. So in general, we were kind of correct here, but Jones' touchdowns were probably way less than we were expecting. But this year, the players are the same, and Vegas seems to kind of think that the production is going to be very similar. They both have an under-over line of five-and-a-half touchdowns. What, what do you guys think? Can they both get over that five-and-a-half touchdown line? Yeah, I think I'm taking the over here on both guys, but I'm, like, slamming the over for Jones, and I'm kind of just, like, lightly pressing it for A.J. <laughs> Dillon. Like, you know, what I think helps Dillon's case, of course, is the rapport that he has with Jordan Love. It's one of his best friends. And it's not to say that he's not going to have rapport with Aaron Jones, um, that Jordan Love won't because I know that, you know, Jones flew out to California to train with him. So I think Jones, his natural skill set really helps him kind of eclipse these numbers, whereas Dylan's connection might give him part of the nod in this category. So Jones on any roster, I think, is giving you seven touchdowns minimum. And I think that with the construction of this roster and the way that Matt LaFleur wants to run his offense, he's in for a monster season. So Definitely hitting the over hard for Aaron Jones and just kind of, kind of tapping it a little bit for AJ Dillon. <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm with you. I don't think it's unrealistic that they both go over, mm. but personally, I wouldn't bet on it. I, I think Aaron Jones is going to have a really fantastic year. I'm not necessarily so convinced that Dillon will have a huge bounce back. I, I certainly want that to be the case. Great guy, great teammate, great Packer, but I... Um, I don't know. I, I also see a path for more specialization at the goal line. And in, in a really strange way, I've always viewed Aaron Jones as a much better goal line runner than A.J. Dillon. I don't know why that has been uh, so far in his career, but I, I think Jones may get more of those touches naturally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm with you. And I think we've been waiting for Dillon to be that dominating presence on the goal line because he has the massive frame. But Aaron Jones really just has an ability to get skinny and get through those creases. And I do always feel a little bit more optimistic that he's going to get in over Dylan. But uh, I think we all feel pretty optimistic that they can surpass that five and a half line uh, unless Jonathan Taylor ends up in Green Bay, which we will not further discuss on this podcast. Uh, Wide receiver was an interesting conversation last year. Green Bay was gearing up to give a lot of opportunity to rookies and embrace life in a post-Devante Adams world. Last year, the conversation was kind of murky for us, right? We didn't have clear answers or predictions. We didn't know what to think. Remember, uh, we hadn't really seen much from Christian Watson at this point because he was injured for much of the offseason and training camp. So I think we thought he was going to get his fair of the receptions, but we were pretty enamored with Romeo and what he had shown Uh, throughout the preseason so you guys kind of remember there was also someone named Sammy Watkins that was kind of a thing at this point last year never heard Uh, of him (laughs) (laughs) Uh, anyway uh, Christian Watson ended 2022 with nine total touchdowns seven through the air two on the ground Uh, uh, 
Dobbs finished the year with three receiving touchdowns. Of course, Green Bay adds in Javen Reed, Luke Musgrave to the mix. Guys, let's answer both of these questions. Who leads the team in touchdowns and who leads them in receiving yards in 2023? Yeah, I, I would lean towards Christian Watson as the leader in yards because the big plays are just always going to be there. There's, you know, somewhat silly the Randy Moss comps, which I think are wildly unfair. But Watson is that elite of an athlete that on paper, right, like on paper, <laughs> they are similar. But but to me, Watson can have kind of a Tyreek Hill-like impact on this team. That's kind of funny because there's like an eight-inch height difference. But Watson mm-hmm. just has the type of easy speed that's always going to be a threat to beat you over the top. And just because I think everyone else is going to be bunched up in receptions and he has the size and, and ability on the goal line, I'll also pick Watson to lead this team in touchdown catches. Yeah, maybe this is just an insane take, but I think Dobbs has a very real shot at leading the team in touchdowns. You know, I agree with Andrew for sure that Watson leads this team in yardage, given his big playability and how he can so easily and effortlessly just haul in a 70-yard touchdown at any moment. But I think when it comes to, like, sheer number of touchdowns, Love has eyes for Romeo. It's it's a funny joke there, but... (laughs) That's almost an Andrew Mertzig level joke. I don't think... I don't think that he's going to like blow anyone away. Like this could obviously be like a, a Dobbs eight Watson seven touchdowns kind of situation or something, you know, but I think he's, he's going to emerge as a security blanket kind of for love in the red zone, especially given that contested catch ability he has. So I'm going to say he takes it just, just slightly, but Watson blows everyone away in, in reception in yards. It's funny. Like, how quickly our memory fades or maybe it's just my memory (laughs) that fades but I was surprised to see that Romeo Dobbs only had three touchdowns last year when I looked this up I just I just expected that he would have more than that already in his first year so I do think we see a dramatic increase there and it does feel like there's some natural chemistry there that we will see the fruit of between young quarterback and Romeo Dobbs. I didn't see props for Romeo Dobbs, but Christian Watson's under over is currently set at 850 yards and five and a half touchdowns. So to me, a player, obviously he had the crazy string of games where he was just scoring like crazy, but it feels like five and a half touchdowns is very, very attainable for Christian Watson in 2023. On the defensive side of things, last year we predicted a big year from Rashawn Gary. Of course, the injury derailed an awesome season that he was having. We actually thought that we'd get really good play from Adrian Amos, but we saw some regression there. Didn't have the season that we were hoping. Someone, I won't say who, but it was Andrew, predicted that Darnell Savage would lead the team in interceptions. Um, Did Darnell and I have a great year last year? I don't remember. Andrew's full of good takes, but this one, man, I, it, that one slapped me I thought you were just going to stop there. <laughs> like Andrew's <laughs> full of good takes. No, no, no I never, never stopped there. Um, I, I do let Andrew off the hook here, and I blame it all on Joe Barry. Um, but he's now in the press box, right? Like, things are fixed. Things are going to go better. The defense is going to ball out this year. So, guys, who is our prediction to be the Packers' 2023 defensive MVP? You don't have to blame it all on Joe Barry. Darnell can take some of the blame. Okay. And I certainly deserve a lion's share of being so stupid that I picked Darnell Savage. Anyways, 
my MVP, I'm going to go a little weird here. Uh, Kenny Clark, and I know Kenny Clark is widely considered one of the better players on this defense, so that part isn't quite as uh, shocking. But certainly thinking of Kenny Clark as the MVP, long road to go for an interior defense lineman. But I, I always go back, like Cam Hayward has spent most of his career in Pittsburgh as being perceived as being maybe the second or third best player on the Steelers defense. But what he does is just so hard to judge. And I think the same with Kenny Clark. I think he's going to play more end, or I, I love that he is, as we think, going to play more end than nose tackle. And I do think we see a jump in his pass rush production, but that only tells a little bit of the story of his impact on his defense and this team, because he's going to free up other rushers. He's going to help out in the run game. And to me, that is more important than the flashier players that you two are probably going to pick. Yeah, I, uh, I've kind of let you guys carry this conversation, but I'm going to jump in here for these last couple. And I really like giving the nod to Clark. I think you're absolutely right about him potentially having a bigger impact as a pass rusher this year. Um, and it's a safer pick than Darnell Savage. So good on you for uh, trying to trying to get back on track there. Uh, but there are a couple of players that I really like here. But I'm actually going to go with someone I think takes a big sophomore year jump. And that's Quay Walker. OK, and I know maybe that's a little bit risky. Uh, but I think he proves to be a really valuable player for this defense this year. Last year we saw the athleticism, but you could tell that his athleticism was ahead of his processing, right? And he just had to think way too much on the field. I think that he's going to be a lot more comfortable in year two, and I think we'll see him play faster, and I think Joe Barry may actually use him on some blitz packages as well, which could be exciting. So I'm going to say Walker is a sleeper MVP candidate for this defensive unit. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, friends. As many of you know, a few years back, the Milwaukee Bucks were in the NBA Finals, and I desperately wanted to go to Game 6 in Milwaukee to see them win the championship. As you can imagine, prices were insane, and I kept going back and forth with different apps to try and find the cheapest tickets possible. I finally found them, clicked purchase, and of course they were gone. Goodbye Game 6 of the NBA Finals. Now thankfully, the day of the game I was able to find a ticket, but the entire thing was so expensive and way too stressful. I really wish I could have simply used Game Time to alleviate all of the stress and all of the hassle. I've started using Game Time app for purchasing all of my tickets, and I wish I would have done so sooner. From low prices to easy to find tickets to last minute ticket deals, the Game Time app is perfect for all of my ticket needs. Game Time is the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. You can get images of your seat 
seat before you buy. You can buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two clicks only in fact, and tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never need to dig through your email. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and roll for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account and use code packaday for $20 off your first purchase. That's code P-A-C-K-A-D-A-Y. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code packaday for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Yeah, I guess I will take the low-hanging fruit here and say it's Jair Alexander. I mean, we saw it all come together last season. He finally turned his past deflections into interceptions, led the team with five. And he's got a new defensive pass game coordinator in Greg Williams. And I think, you know, Joe Barry, he talked about it a little bit in training camp um, that Jair wanted to play closer to the line of scrimmage. So hoping that's a thing. But with all the uncertainty that there is at safety, I think Jair is going to just completely take command of the secondary even more so than he already has and play an even more lights out brand of football. All right. I like it, you guys. Some good players. We are once again falling for the optimism around the Green Bay Packers defense as we begin a new season. But it could be a fun one. We'll see what happens. Let's talk team record, guys. This is a team that many people have written off, and I think maybe there's some optimism building throughout the preseason as the rest of the league and national media have seen Jordan Love play football and Matt LaFleur continue to be a really good coach. So if this is not a a division that the Lions run away with, as everyone has assumed, this gets a little bit more interesting. But what do we think, guys? How do the Green Bay Packers finish when all is said and done? What's the record at the end of the year? You mentioned optimism. I'm going to go 10 and 7. I I think the schedule does a lot of favors for the Packers. And if they can win most of the winnable games and then come up with an upset here and there, I can see this team getting to double-digit wins and taking the NFC North crown. Yeah, so I'm with you, Andrew, and I I almost went 10 and 7. I really wanted to. 10 and 7 is really attainable. If you go through the schedule, you can easily talk yourself into 10 even 11 wins, honestly, like when you see who they play, when they play them. With Jordan Love playing so well in the preseason and the defense already looking like they're ready to improve, it, it seems like a reasonable argument to make that they could play that well and finish that well. I settled in at 9-8, and eight, though, and I think that would actually be a really huge success for this team coming off of a year without you know Aaron Rodgers moving on to a new era. I think 9-8 and eight is very acceptable. I just think that winning games in the NFL is really hard. And this is such a young team. I think that there are going to be miscues along the way. I think they'll learn and grow from those. But I just felt a lot more comfortable going with nine and eight when you factor in the entire picture of what this season is. Yeah, I mean, this is tough, but I I think it's 10 and seven, too. And the NFC North kind of remains wide open and the Packers got a nice draw this year. You guys talked about the schedule. They have an abysmal NFC South on the schedule. So if there's any, you know, group of opponents to help Jordan Love kind of acclimate to life as a starting quarterback, this would probably be the schedule you'd want him to have. They have a ton of talent. They can be a playoff caliber team and the schedule might do them enough favors to kind of make that potential a reality. It is going to be fun to see how it happens. And that schedule is certainly helpful. Let's talk rookie of the year for the green Bay Packers. And I'm going to take this one right out of the gate. Luke Musgrave looks set to be the, 
big play threat in the middle of the field, the big red zone target, and maybe even the safety net for checkdowns for his young quarterback. I think he's going to be fed targets early and often in this offense. And I think he could be featured in a way that you don't normally see rookie tight ends featured. So I'm going with Luke Musgrave with maybe the low-hanging fruit selection here for Rookie of the Year for the Packers. Now, I think I think you're right, Kyle. I also picked Luke Musgrave. I think if he stays healthy, it should be him by a mile. We won't know what Lucas Van Ness is for another season. And, like, you know, I mean, they could have just drafted Jackson Smith and Jigba. <laughs> it was a possibility. Like, they, they could have done that. You know, it would be nice to have a really fun young slot receiver and somebody to give us insurance on Romeo Dobbs. Yeah, that'd be great. What about what about Jaden Reed? You don't like I I think Jaden Reed will have fewer opportunities than Luke Musgrave and is less likely to take advantage of them. Um, and I am really excited to see what uh, you know the Twitter follower or I mean X the Xers whatever whatever those folks are called now uh, are going to have to say about his hands when he has a game where he drops two big ones, but. Um, no, I, I think it's Luke Musgrave. I, all the things you said, I think he's a field stretcher. I think he is going to have a massive year if he stays healthy. Maggie, before you jump in here, I need to know what Andrew is talking about because I don't. Are, <laughs> were your, was like Jaden Reed, did he like have like Burger King hands on your scouting report? Or like what were the, what, what was the concern there? Well, the Packers had these three practice games. Called the preseason. I didn't. Um, I don't watch those. <laughs> I don't oh, watch, okay. Honestly. Well, no. Yeah, and and some reports out of camp. Uh, you know, it, it, that's not to say any. Like, obviously, I was not as high on Jaden Reed as many other people. This is not a dig at him. It's like many young receivers go through problems in transitioning the NFL and catching, and I, we've seen it with Packers receivers, Devontae Adams, obviously being the most famous. Yeah, like. Sure. Sometimes it just takes some time and you have to be patient with that. And I think with Jaden Reed, like he's going to have some concentration drops. He's going to have some, some things going on, but I, all of that is overcomable. I'm, I'm just being very passive aggressive. No, I appreciate that. I, I did, you know, they had a couple of the drops, uh, a couple of camp reports of drops of, of balls that hit him in the hands. But then he also had the, you know, obviously you talk more about the drops than you do about the catches that are made. But I think that there is a lot of promise of the, the catches away from his body, I think, have been really, really impressive that he's snatched out of the air. So I'm less nervous about that, and I'm actually very optimistic relative to what I thought I would be about Jaden Reed and his development at this point early on. So I was just you know, surprised to see you say that, um, but it'll be interesting to, to watch that. I'm just saying this is the guy that picked Arnold Savage to lead the team last year in reception, <laughs> so... but no since you guys you guys both took the same player so i'm gonna swing for the fences here and say that the uh the rookie of the year is carrington valentine i think you know he had an electric camp and a really nice preseason and there's there's gonna be growing pains andrew said it right every rookie acclimating to the nfl is bound to have growing pains at any position regardless of where they're drafted. And I think, you know, he's going to shine in spot duty. And I say spot duty because any long-term playing time means that a starter got hurt. And we of course don't want that, but I think it's hard to make it through 17 games, you know, the wear and tear. So if Valentine comes in to start a few games in place of one of the starters, I think that he'll probably perform pretty well and, you know, maybe snag a pick or two and that'll just, you know, really kind of light up his numbers for Packers fans. 
I remember the first time I told Andrew how much he was going to love Carrington Valentine when he got around <laughs> to his tape this offseason. Um, but, no, uh, in all seriousness. Really, I really enjoying the show today. <laughs> I was going to say, sorry. <laughs> usually I feel like I'm the one you guys pick on, but uh, today it's you, Andrew. So, um, But, uh, yeah, so let's talk year-long X-Factor predictions. Okay, so Maggie, Andrew, and myself usually provide our weekly X-Factor predictions on the Friday shows during the season. But let's talk like big picture here, okay? So year-long X-Factor, who's the player who hasn't reached star status but that you feel is going to make a consistent impact over the course of the year? Yeah, I'm going to go back to the well here. I I think it's Luke Musgrave. I think he can completely change this offense the way that Jermichael Finley did for Rodgers. Putting stress on linebackers and safeties to cover the middle of the field opens up everything. So even if it's not Musgrave getting all the production, he opens up lanes for Watson. He opens up lanes for Dobbs and Jaden Reed and and helps to – Uh, you know, make the linebackers think for a second before they can move forward in the run game. If he can stay healthy and be reasonably productive, I think this offense has a chance to be pretty good. If not, this is going to be struggle city. And like the difference between those two being a rookie tight end is a little scary, but I also think that that is the definition of an X factor. Yeah, it's a really good one. I like that a lot. Uh, Kingsley Anibare is going to be mine here. And the Packers edge group is, absolutely loaded and in an ideal situation Packers have Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary healthy and then that leaves Kingsley Anagbare as your third or maybe fourth edge with rookie Van Ness also kind of mixing in there I think that means he's going to get a lot of meaningful snaps for this team but I also think that it means that he's going to be rested and that he's going to be fresh and he's going to be hungry because we've seen how good of a player is he is even throughout the preseason and even in the last season. So I don't think he's going to be a statistical leader by any stretch of the imagination, but I think he's going to be a player who will make a play or maybe two every single week. And that's going to make a huge difference at the end of those ball games. And I think he'll bring that consistent impact all year. Yeah, so I'm going to talk about my guy, Anders Carlson, but <laughs> I mean, we've talked about it on this very show numerous times, right? About how there's potential for games to be won or lost on Carlson's leg. So our 10, 7, 9, 8 kind of predictions that we gave could look more like 7 to 10 or, you know, 7 wins, 10 losses if these close games are lost on things like missed field goals. But the Packers are clearly committing to getting younger on special teams and are willing to weather growing pains with Carlson and with their new punter, Daniel Whelan, who fits into this category as well. So every Jordan Love drive is obviously not going to end in a touchdown, which is why I think it'll be up to Carlson to capitalize on scoring opportunities when he's called upon, just like it'll be up to Whelan, who will need to kind of flip the field and give the Packers defense some help. So special teams going into the season is just about the biggest X factor I think that you could get. Yeah, absolutely. I, when when you were both talking, like I was thinking Kingsley Enigbari is going to have a huge role at the beginning of the year, mm-hmm. knowing that Rashawn Gary is going to be on a pitch count. Preston probably is going to be on a snap count as well as somebody who's getting a little bit older. Mm-hmm. Uh, Enigbari is going to play a massive, massive role on this team. And I think Maggie probably has the correct answer uh, when it comes yeah. to X factors for the season. Uh, I hope not. Carl's, well, one way or the other, right? I mean, he's mm-hmm. he's gonna be relied on to be the the main scorer, and if things go horribly awry, then maybe Anders isn't the X factor by mid season. But 
um, I definitely think that that is going to have such a huge impact on the way that this season goes. I kind of wonder if it could balance out almost in like a super scary, awful, like, like just terrible feeling in the pit of your stomach every time he goes out to kick kind of way. But like if he misses some big ones, but also you could totally see after hitting the 57 yarder in the preseason, like the Packers could walk away with two or three wins this year that maybe they had no business even looking at because Jordan hooked up with, you know, somebody in the middle of the field at the 40 yard line at the end of the game and honors goes out there and hits a bomb. Like, so like, you know, they, they may live and they may die by Anders Carlson this year. It could be kind of crazy. Yeah, I think I think it's going to be fascinating for sure. Um, and and we'll find out a lot of these things. But that is all the time that we have for today has been the Packaday Podcast. You can find Kyle on Twitter at Packer underscore Pundit. You can find Maggie at Maggie J. Loney and also check out Packs What She Said. And you can find me at Andrew Mertig. Please subscribe to the Packaday Podcast and consider giving us a five-star rating. You can catch Kyle, Maggie, and myself every single Friday. Next week, we will be back with a preview of the Packers' Week 1 matchup against the Chicago Bears. Thanks for listening, and as always, remember... Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.